On this week's episode of the F Stops Here podcast, the usual cast of characters gathers together to talk about the weather, copyright infringement in the age of social media, and interactions with listeners and viewers. Thanks for joining us, and happy shooting. Welcome to episode six of the F Stops Here. I'm Joe, and I'm joined with Jamie, Josh, and Zach, as we're going to discuss some very interesting topics this week. Zach, why don't you kick us off? All right. Uh, hope everybody's doing good this this week. Um, what you guys been shooting? Don't Jamie, all, you want to start? Don't all jump it. Joe, what have you been shooting this week? <laughs> oh, what have I been shooting? Okay. Uh, I've been... Uh, I shot some. Actually, I went up this uh, past weekend with Lisa Donchak and Jules and a couple of her friends to go capture uh, a sunset on Pebble Beach, but not the Pebble Beach you're thinking of. Uh, Pebble Beach in Bean Hollow, California, which is not quite the same, but uh, still pretty cool, especially down at low tide where there's a lot of uh, volcanic rock outcroppings that have been worn away by the, you know, waves over millennia, probably. So uh, the only difficult part about shooting a sunset, it was, it was raining that day and fairly cloudy. So it took us, uh, we did some long exposures on the beach as well as um, you know, taking some of the rock outcroppings and then decided to go get dinner. And then the clouds parted for just long enough for us to pull the cars over, go run towards the coastline and take a few shots. So we got some pretty good uh, shots out of there and then I did some HDR and loaning exposure, which I haven't done in a while. So that was kind of cool. You also did some, some gifts, didn't you? Some animated cat Yeah, I, I, I did a couple of gifts after buying a, a dollar program off the Mac App Store because I was bored. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I need to... GIFs um, are kind of a fine science of the ones I see on Tumblr all the time. So it's trying to figure out... I think a lot of those are generated from video. Yeah. And, it's, I, and that's something I want to learn how to do is really start generating some awesome gifts. If that requires taking video, then that's what it does. But, yeah. um, I uh, hung out at a uh, air show for about nine hours a week ago um, during one of the weeks of my absence uh, and uh, got to see the Thunderbirds fly for the last time this year. And they're actually talking about maybe for the next couple of years, depending on how they decide to fund them. So be interesting to see how that goes, but I got some cool shots. Um, used the 24 to 105, found out that was a pretty decent airshow lens. Um, image stabilization paid off, especially when I was shooting a little bit far away. Decided to do some wide out shots, you know, with all the Thunderbirds kind of shooting off. Uh, once I get that edited, um, I will definitely uh, throw links up everywhere and show you guys what I got. Uh, got to hang out with my friend Ed, who just bought a Nikon 500mm 1.4 lens. Uh, that they don't make anymore, that he got used, and he was hand-holding shots, chasing jets with it, and that was fun. So you'll see a picture of him holding this giant lens, and uh, he'd, he'd, like, literally chase it for a second, get a couple shots off, and then have to, like, shake it off because it's, like, you know, holding a bazooka. But that was, <laughs> that was kind of fun to watch. But, yeah, that was it was definitely an adventure, nine hours out in the sun, but it was a lot of fun. Talked to a lot of pilots, had a lot of cool stuff happen, so... Once I get the second actually break down and edit them, you guys will be able to see them. So. Sweet. That's what I did. 
I guess I'll be the guy on the photography podcast that really hasn't been shooting the past week. <laughs> I don't well, like you've to... been a little busy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd spend a little time with the trigger trap again. I'm still having fun with that thing. Um, took it out to do some star trails and made a few mistakes with that. Um, and then I also started using the, uh, the sound activation feature of it. My kids have uh, BB guns and <laughs> I was using that to trigger uh, to trigger the camera, and I got some pretty cool shots of my my youngest son shooting his BB gun, and you can see the vapor trail coming out of the end of the barrel. It was fast oh, enough wow. to capture that, which is pretty cool. But how does it? Uh, what do you have any idea what it's actually using to to do the motion capture or to do, do the motion sensor? Well, to do the motion or the sound, I was using the sound. Oh, capture. you were using the sound? That's right. Yeah, you know, and that's just, of course, the uh, the onboard mic in your phone, and it. It records the uh, ambient noise around you and then looks for spikes. Um, mm-hmm. I also was using or trying to use the, the motion detection because we've got a pair of Carolina wrens that are nesting on our front porch. That's not a bird I've ever seen around here. So I was excited trying to use the motion capture for that. And what that does is it just takes uh, an image from the phone's camera, it freezes it, and then it looks for changes in that. And you can say you want you know a 15% change in that sample image, and then once it sees that change, it'll trigger the shutter from there. Um, and I found that 15% sounds like it might be, you know, a fair amount when you're talking about changes in a still image, but um, your shadow produces a lot more than 15%. <laughs> so I don't know how many times I went onto the front porch and found a single gig memory card completely full of the exact same thing because <laughs> the leaves were blowing in the trees. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So two batteries later and 32 gigs of nothing. I said, oh, geez. I hope you saved every picture too. Yeah, they're all so unique and different. It's <laughs> you could probably make a really good animated gift from it. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> but that's about it for me, really. I've just I just been want. I want an animated gif of Joe and his headband giving us the thumbs up. <laughs> you know, you can all. screen capture this. No, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. I feel like I'm a, a sportscaster from ESPN 8, the Ocho, right now, wearing, wearing the suit without a tie. Like Skip Bayless? And a headband. Yeah. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> you, that, that is such an insult. That is such an insult. I'm sorry. That, that was, was a bit That's low. That's so mean. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mean. And then he's going to troll us later this week <laughs> when he hears that we're in it. Um, so, yeah, that would be fun. Anyway, Zach, what you been shooting? So I actually, uh, we went to Georgetown. We took my in-laws uh, to Georgetown this past Saturday. Uh, I had fully expected to take uh, my camera and shoot a lot of photos. Uh, and I took my camera and I shot about 10 photos. Uh, because <laughs> apparently Easter weekend in Georgetown is pure insanity. Um, there was about a million people there. And I couldn't just stop in the middle of the crowd to actually do anything so uh, i didn't get a chance to really take too many i did did pull out a couple uh we jumped in some back alleys and i grabbed a couple of um really neat looking architecture shots um but uh but then on uh on sunday we went over to my parents for the actual easter dinner and my dad happened to give me this um which was really neat uh this is a, a pentax k1000 it's actually the asahi Pentax K1000, which I, I found out. I have this botmatic version of that one. It's a brilliant little camera. Yeah, so um, it was pretty wild. Um, this is actually the camera that I, um, <coughs> excuse me, 
that I grew up uh, shooting on. It's where I learned to line up the little line in the inside and uh, didn't realize until 20 years later that that was just the exposure uh, meter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my favorite favorite part about the camera uh, so far, I've shot one roll of film. Uh, There was actually a a roll in it. Uh, We think it might have been 10 years old. Uh, It might actually be older. Um, I don't know if any of the pictures are actually going to turn out because I pulled a Joe last night and forgot to push the button on the bottom that allows you to rewind the film. Uh, and, uh, no, not go film. Yeah. What, wait, Oh, what do you mean? Pull the Joe? I, I, I ruined the first roll of film, Joe. Ouch. Uh, and, and that's pulling a Joe. Yeah. How do we not know that somebody else hasn't, you know, on the show, hasn't ruined a roll of film by, cause, and for cause the record, I, I have rewound it. Okay. <laughs> so I, um, but I did manage to, uh, to snap off 24 exposures uh, but my favorite thing about it was the point in time where I lined up a really nice shot, I cranked it back, I fired it, and then I went, and I looked to see what the picture looked like after I had oh, taken it. Yes! <laughs> yep. And I completely realized that there was no digital view screen there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sad. So, um, I'll be anxious to see. Uh, seven days and... $15 later, I'll get my 24 pictures back, uh, which is kind of kind of brings me uh, to a big point that I wanted to make that I hope film photography dies a fiery death. Um, so it's really funny because uh, we just got a comment on our Facebook page from Alex Huff, who was mentioning how that was her first camera as well. Yeah. So thanks it, it for should... now insulting somebody that could have yes. been a guest. It, it should <laughs> remain everybody's oh, first camera. Oh, my God. Wow, so uh, since Alex is watching us, I love the setup uh, because we're on the big screen. Uh, if anybody hasn't gotten a chance to look at that, um, real time here. good. It's good radio too. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but I, I definitely think that um, if, if for nothing else, mainstream photography or maybe not photography, but main, mainstream society is what is never going to allow film to make a total resurgence. Because if I have to spend, it's like $9 for four rolls of film, and then i got to take them to Rite Aid and wait seven days and spend $12 for the exposure, or for the, the developing, it, it's that's that's ridiculous. Seven days? Yeah, seven days. Come on. Well, has like one hour photo. We don't, all live, we don't all live in California, Joe. <laughs> What is that supposed to mean? You're at the epicenter of this crap coming back. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. No, I mean that's no crack on Joe. It's just a it, that's oh, that's the there way is it a reason is. why it's called the best coast. I'll give you that. Um, hey, Joe, I need to borrow that headband to wipe up all this haterade on the floor. Actually, I think the headband's stretching his brain a little bit. <laughs> it's containing my ego. Oh. Um, I, I, can, I can I can go for twelve bucks to my local camera shop and have it done in like a day and a half. Yeah, well, Rite Aid sucks, and, and, and they, it, they will they will uh, actually check. No, these seriously, Costco for I'm not a Costco membership, but I'm not going to spend sixty four dollars to go join Costco. Uh, my favorite part about the entire experience was when I called Rite Aid this morning and said, "Do you guys develop thirty five millimeter f- uh, film?" The woman at the counter goes, "Is that them Polaroid things?" I went, mm, <laughs> uh, "Yeah." No, so I'm this actually uh, this I'm actually goes back to uh, a conversation Zach and I were having offline recently about how with a lot of my portraits and engagement shoots, I've gone to taking a behind-the-scenes photo of um, of our clients, one I'm actually doing, like, during the shoot, 
and giving them a Polaroid before they leave. And it's like blowing people's minds because they just have something tactile to take home. Dude, even Chase Jarvis has been doing that. Well, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the first, but uh, it's something. Yeah, I mean, it's blowing people's minds everywhere I see it. They're like, wow, real picture. Well, because nobody prints anything. Right, right. I'm with Zach on this. You know what? I mean, to me, film is like the old Instagram. Just just use it. Just use Instagram. Uh, I I was at an Easter Passover combination dinner this weekend. Easter over. Easter over. And we brought the Polaroid, and I gave it to my nephew, who was 10. And she's running around taking pictures. And then her friends that are like 13 (laughs) are Instagramming those Polaroids. And I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, great, this universe is about to collapse on itself. Yeah. You know, on a serious note, like, I'm I'm a hardcore film fanatic. I I, I grew up shooting film. I've shot over 2,000 rolls of film, and I'm not even a pro photographer. And all that, but I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, you know, it, it seems like you know we're we're always about the the equipment, and we're about all this stuff, and you know we value this, and we'll put insurance on our equipment, and I think honestly we really should be valuing our image overall. Like, there's a picture I just put up from Instagram that I shot on my iPhone. <laughs> that that I shot on my iPhone and my daughter, my little my little like year old daughter. And it's not in focus so much. It's blown out. But the whole point is her eyes are closed. The wind's blowing in her hair. I'm trying to chase her off the street. And we're just having fun. And the the whole thing that matters is I got the image. And for me, I sent an email, you know, kind of backed up the picture. Because for me, I've got that image. And the image is more valuable to me than if I'd shot that with a Pentax or a 5D Mark III or, you know, anything like that. You know, and, and I think, I think, for me, at least, I need to get back to that where I'm valuing my my image. So you know, it may not be technically perfect, but if I got what I was looking for, then maybe I should be valuing it more than worrying whether or not you know I've got the latest this or if my lens is going to work or if I need a polarizer or not. You know, at least it's always been the whole point. You know, to capture the emotion. I mean, to right, love right. It. I mean, yeah, I could care less about gear. You know, I mean, really. Yeah. Except unless it's film. <laughs> well, I, I really, I literally have one photo in my house that was shot on film by me. I've only ever shot through one roll of film ever, you know, and right. that was like 15 years ago. So I guess I'm just not. I, I have a whole book. I, I guess of... we just need to start a Kickstarter and get Jamie a film camera. I think <laughs> yes. that's what we got, we got to do. Or we could loan him $35 and he could buy one on eBay because that's about the going rate. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could do that too. It, for me, for me, sometimes shooting on film, like my Pentax was my wife's grandfather's Pentax that he bought, like in when he was deployed in Korea, I think. Wow. So I actually I haven't developed the roll of film yet, simply because I haven't got around to it. But I shot Thanksgiving on it without the light meter working, so I was literally going like you know, having you know like pair my French balls to the wall with it, and like actually kind of going. Hmm, maybe the aperture should be this. Maybe I should shoot at this because this is how it works on my other camera kind of deal. So uh, once I get that film, that'd be great to look at. But I, I just thought it was kind of cool to be able to shoot an event that he never made made it to with a camera that he bought before any of these kids are even around. You know, and I know for me, I'm I'm kind of a hopeless romantic like that. But and you know, film's a part of me. I've got a book of four by sixes. It's like my film portfolio that I still have that my kids look at. 
and all that. And I look back at it, and some of my favorite images are what I shot on film. But, you know, at some point, my favorite image may be something I shot on Instagram or, you know, or, you know, and then whatever. But that's that's kind of my my thing. I, I, I love film, but I, I can understand what Zach's saying, too. I don't, I don't see mainstream people wanting to go out and, you know, go through all that again. You know, heaven forbid they've got a basement where they can develop it, you know. <laughs> Well, the novelty is definitely there. I mean, there's there's yeah. really something nice. It's it's a solid metal body. Uh, it feels, I don't know, just it's it feels nostalgic, and I think that's kind of that's that's what I find neat about it. Uh, I don't ever see myself jumping feet first into it like Joe did with his project film, but it's definitely something that I'll keep around. I I mean, uh, when my dad gave it to me, he goes, uh, "Don't forget to bring the money that you make selling it to Vegas." Because he and I are going out to Vegas in in May, and I said I'm not going to sell this. And he looks at me, and goes, "What are you going to do with it?" And I said, "I'm I'm probably going to try to take some pictures with it and see if I can actually get back to basics." And I'll tell you what, I don't think there's a more basic camera. Uh, there's yeah. about three three different yeah. functions on that thing, and and uh, it's all manual. And, and again, you've all got so no, many shutter speeds. No view screen. Yep. I I can't. Yeah, so Zach, that's one of the reasons I loved, uh, or I'm loving Project Film, which I have a huge backlog of stuff to develop, is it's changing the way that I shoot digitally. Mm. Besides, you know, just working on getting better at it, um, I noticed that I chimp more, much more than I thought I did. And uh, it's just something where, you know, I've started shooting, you know, setting stuff beforehand, maybe taking a couple extra shots, but not looking at the... Uh, you know, not looking at the view screen, just trusting my gut that I got it. And so far, it's kind of working out. But it gets so much respect for the guys who had to go in there and actually like nail a wedding oh, with yeah. it, or you know, oh, yeah. or you're at a sporting event, and you're doing the Super Bowl with nothing but like three film cameras, and you have a prime on each one, and you've got to like choose the right lens and hope you get the right shot because you know you got some, you, you don't get paid if you don't hit it. Like it's right, and you're so blow, you're blowing through film, you know, blowing <laughs> through it. Yeah. So yeah, it's anyway. uh, mad respect for those guys. Yeah. yeah I hey, well, I my, guess we'll move. We'll move into. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I think my biggest fear with film, though, is that I'd like it if I tried it. <laughs> yeah. Says the, the dark side. One of us. One of us. I'll be wearing a Google headband before you know it. I just better stop on ahead. Says the guy who jumped in with both feet to micro four thirds. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that big of a transition. They just smaller. I do. Uh, I do have to say, it's given me a new appreciation for spending sixty or seventy dollars on a memory card. Because after spending fourteen dollars yeah. for a roll of film and realizing I might get twenty-four good pictures out of it, but there's a good chance I'm probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So Zach, why is it not auto defaulting to my face when I talk? It is. It's the headband. No. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, the. Head def- no, yeah, I can. The- see. You come up front. You do. You're yeah, because I'm because I'm, I'm clicking on it on my side. I'm just trying to figure out why it's not going. You know, your, otherwise, your headband does say Google Plus, so I have a feeling it's just too meta for the. Oh, for, oh for okay. It, it's a it's a big inside joke right now. Um, and I the only person I think that might even know what it means is Zach. So it, it's definitely um there is something related to why I'm wearing this this week, even though we have no Google people on the show. Joe, Joe also has his Google Plus underwear on. Hey, come on, man! <laughs> All right, so um, we we do have a couple of news. Leave stories. my super armor underwear alone. <laughs> I'm gonna mute you. Oh, we uh we do have a couple of news stories that we wanted to uh, talk about. 
Um, just we'll roll through them real quick because I, I think we got a, a pretty big back end uh, on tonight's episode. It's like the film theme podcast. We're gonna roll through them. Maybe we can, you know, yeah. shutter here. Well, no, nothing, nothing. There goes, there goes Joe. We'll go and mute him. Um, so the first story that we uh, really know how to derail train. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the first, uh, the first um, story that we're gonna talk about. Uh, Google actually just filed a patent uh, for some new technology uh, that they're uh, it kind of ties into a few of the things we've talked about on previous episodes um, mainly that I personally think uh, Google's starting to go after photographers um, we saw the Nick uh, collection come out I guess it was last week uh, and uh, just prior they patented technology that changes camera settings based on local weather um, so if you guys didn't get a chance to read the article uh, it's it's actually really neat. Instead of taking um, exposure information from the lens, what it's actually going to do is uh, connect to GPS data in the smartphone, um, which then ties into like, the National Weather Service, gives you the weather forecast based on where you're at and can adjust your settings, so your white balance, your exposure, and, and, and everything else based on that. Um, I thought that was really neat because it's something that we don't really think about yeah. Uh, as, as far as photography is concerned, is is how much the weather around us really affects us, and to take that out, take that entire thing out of the um, equation, Google could be onto something. Uh, I mean, especially living in Florida, where you know not only does weather change really quick, but it would be almost awesome to be able to have my camera tell me, "Hey, you're getting really high UVs because you're shooting at noon in Florida sun," which is like. <coughs> you know, ridiculous in of itself, but I'm kind of stoked about this tech. Like, it, it really makes me excited to see where this goes because this would be something awesome new that we could actually add viable to cameras in the future that probably wouldn't kill battery life too much. It's probably no more than trying to throw a GPS option in, I guess. But it would oh, be yeah, cool that, to see this. That would be my main concern is that the GPS option, for a camera phone at least, is just going to be something where it's going to suck the battery life. I mean, Weather's so dynamic, how in the world is it going to be able to update fast enough to compensate yeah. realistically for what's happening versus what it's going to see through the lens? It'd be kind of cool if, in addition to geotagging, you also had weather data maybe attached to it. That would just, be neat. For, yeah. for post-processing, that'd be cool. Or just, I mean, it's just one more bit of information that can be added to photos. I mean, so if somebody's yeah. doing a Google image search for, I don't know, uh, the Florida, you know, something along the coastline of Florida. They're looking for pictures, you know, at 12 noon or whatever, you know, to get sunset pictures, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah, about a way fun. for indie stock photographers to do something more with their images and, and get it out there differently than you know, search for, for rain, rain, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I just can't see it adjusting those settings fast enough. To yeah. So it, it's probably more of a metadata play than anything else, I would think, right? That's how I would use it. I, mean, I think yeah. right now, uh, but I think as we as we see technologies improve and and I mean we're already able to get semi updated weather information uh, on a pretty consistent basis. Now, granted, it's one of the most unreliable fields in the world, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> you know it's it's uh, but yeah, I like I really like the idea of of potentially tying it into. Um, like the EXIF data so that you can kind of do some kind of search on it or something like that. That's, that's a really neat idea. 
See, I, I, th I think, too, the potential's there because I, I used to be really into meteorology, especially in high school stuff, and knowing how certain things affect how, how things look like. If you're shooting mountains and you're in low humidity, you're going to get that really sharp look. Right. But if, if you're shooting in, like, 98% humidity on a hot day in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and your camera tells you, oh, wait, I know we're 98% humidity, so I'm going to change this exposure on you a little bit, or I'm going to do this, or, you know, it flashes a you know, use a polarizer or something, then, you know, actually pulling data that makes no sense to you walking out the door, all that random stuff you read on, like, the Weather Channel, at, you know, the Weather Channel app or whatever app you've got for your weather, like humidity, um, different things like that, you know, anything from UV to, you know, how bright the sun's going to be, are you going to burn today or not, that kind of stuff I could see be what could factor into the like the metadata and into how your camera tells you how to take a picture you know actually making your camera smart enough to say hey I know you're gonna shoot it this way why don't you stop and try it this way because then your picture's gonna look the way you want it and I think that might be kind of a cool thing I don't know if that's where they're going with it but for me that's what I could see is taking you know information that doesn't make sense to us but would make sense to an image sensor or make sense to a lens and then telling us how to interpret that and make it work for our picture. Yeah, that's that's where I see it going. But. Yeah. Uh, so our, our next... too deep. <laughs> yeah, you kind of, I guess, probably spoke for, for everybody on that one. Um, <laughs> Sorry, so, uh, so So our next, uh, next thing that, that came up, um, there was an article earlier in the week, um, uh, a court ruling. Uh, who posted this? It was the uh, the court ruling about the limited editions, and then photographers being able to kind of change up the print a little bit and um, and sell them differently. Um, yeah, I found that one today. So I guess uh, William Eggleston uh, sold a an image uh, at Christie's for five point nine million dollars. Uh, there was only supposed to be thirty six of the images. And they were digital prints rather than traditional prints, and then. Uh, I guess somebody tried to sue him because he cropped it or something. Let me see here. Um, the complaint is that by selling the originals as limited editions, the artist entered in contract about the limited nature of availability. Uh, he then produced new editions uh, of the image, which the uh, person who filed the suit claimed diluted the value of the originals uh, by adding more copies to the market. But the judge actually ruled in favor of the photographer saying that uh, both the limited editions and the subsequent editions were produced from the same images but are markedly different. Uh, she deemed that the new works uh, she deemed the new works a new body of art as they were printed through a new digital method. That's um, because the judge didn't pay five million dollars for a print. <laughs> that's true too. Yeah. I mean it, it kind of sort of makes sense. If you alter the image enough it should be something different, right? But at the same time a limited edition carries the fact that it's a limited edition. Have you seen the print, Joe? No. Tricycle? It's a it's a tricycle. Okay. Yeah. Tricycle? It's a very famous tricycle. This yeah. guy Eggleston is took pictures that we could have taken with iPhones, but took them in a way on film that uh yeah, there we go. There's a so, tricycle. Yeah. It's it's a tricycle, but you know, it's it's the it's the kind of look that, you know, something like VSCO uh cam or you know, something like that we'll try to emulate now. But so it's the actually... kind of look that you would get from shooting it with film? Well, yeah. Right, right. For I mean, it. Wait for I'm... it. Wait. <laughs> <Right. laughs> where, where I'm going uh, with this, though, is that uh, I'm not 
knocking the subject matter at all, but if you look at it, I don't care what you do as far as crops go. I don't think you're really going to change the feel of that image enough to justify calling it a brand new photo. Yeah, see, Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, what, what it was is it was kind of the judge was saying that because he used a different print process because it was, it was, the image was produced in a different way other than that limited edition. Um, then, you know, because he was able to do it that way, then he has the right to be able to, you know, print it a different way with a different process. And I, I think for creatives, it's kind of a cool thing because, it, you know, at least we're not getting sleep. We know that, uh, you know, I, I know that, you know, if I was to take a picture of a sunrise and then crop it down to just the sun and then try, you know, sell it again or whatever at some point, you know, at least I know that I'm not going to, right, I have less chance of getting hit for that because I wanted to be creative with the image that I own. I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my bent on it, but I, I can see the other side too. So it's actually kind of interesting because, and I'm, I'm trying to find the article. I, I just read it this morning. Um, there was something similar where, uh, a photographer took the picture and then licensed it to somebody else to modify and basically what the guy did was mirror it and crop it. It was a picture of a moth and I can't find it right now. Hmm. Um, and the guy actually won a, a pretty major photo contest with it. Um, oh, wow. And so it, it's interesting that that's not considered plagiarism or, or, or you know, however you want to. Well, I mean, I guess if you're it. licensing it out that way and then it can be. And yeah, so, uh, Josh and Jamie, I just sent you guys this in chat, but it looks like we're having a semi-live semi commenting session on the F-Stops here Facebook page. Nice. Uh, shameless product plug. Uh, and um, your wonderful friend, uh, Tammy Lee Bradley, who we're going to give a nice shout-out to, says there's a camera waiting for you in Florida. Yeah, you just I have knew to come that get was it. Coming. Yeah, you just yeah. have to come and get it. So. And going um, back to our film discussion, Alex actually said but was, that. Was that to me? No, but maybe you can pick it up for him, Josh. I just okay. I don't know how reliable the courier service will be. <laughs> We're still using Carrier Pigeon in Florida. So. Oh, really? See, I mean, you guys are by NASA, and based on the article I saw today about them flying UAVs into volcanoes, I think you could have you know, at least upgraded a little bit. Yeah, gliders. Yeah, gliders. You know, space gliders. shuttles. Space shuttle delivery. How awesome would that be? <laughs> so it's going to really space shuttle. It's actually uh, probably a good thing uh, that that was the, the last story that we discussed because it's, it's interesting that we bring up all this copyright controversy uh, because recently, uh, as early as about 35 minutes ago, uh, one of our own uh, has been dealing with a little bit of copyright uh, controversy. Uh, so, Jamie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's, what's been going on, if, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into too much detail. <laughs> right now about it because everything still kind of is going on you know and um i'm hoping at some point i'll turn this into an educational experience for both parties involved but um i guess the basics of it is um i had an image that was stolen from Flickr. um it was a self-portrait that i took in an abandoned building actually one that i used on my kickstarter project to promote that um oh wow it's uh an industrial setting and uh a company Pardon me? Urbex? Is that what they call it? Urbex. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, self-portrait, uh, abandoned uh, industrial setting. 
Um, I just used a Facebook, uh, fire, I'm sorry, uh, a Firefox plugin that I don't remember the name of off the top of my head, but I'll make sure it gets in the show notes for everybody else to use it. But I was using this tool to just do uh, searches for my images out there, and I came across that image on a website for a company that specializes in uh, industrial cleanup, asbestos removal, things of that nature. Visited their website, saw that it was definitely my photo. They were kind enough to superimpose somebody else over the top of me so you can't see me in my own photo. Um, I reached out to the company via their contact page on their website, told them, uh, you have my photo, it's stolen, it needs to come down immediately, you need to contact me right now. Um, a period of time went by with no contact, and I decided, okay, well, I'll start doing something about it online via social media. So I started tweeting about it, and I put it up on Google+, and somebody was kind enough on Google+, to point out that that company actually had a Twitter account, which I hadn't even found that out yet to that point started including their Twitter handle in all the tweets and people started retweeting it for me and it only took a couple of hours for them to respond after that. Um, they've since contacted me. We've had uh, just two emails go back and forth. Um, we're negotiating on settlement right now for it. Um, basically they had hired out another company to do the web development for them like most companies do. They informed me that their web developer told them that the image was freely available for use when they used it. And I responded letting them know that uh, there's no such thing as free in this world. It was My images are never freely available. <laughs> I retain all my images. Um, and then what I had sent out to you guys just before the podcast started up was I did a little more research on the company to find out a little bit more about them and uh, about the company that did the web development for them. And the web developer is smart enough to actually have a Flickr account and actually have screenshots of the website in question on their Flickr account with my image, and they actually attribute the photographs to several photographers, none of which are me. So not very smart on their part there. Uh, and actually they retain the copyright to their screenshot of my image, which is just ludicrous to the point of I don't even know how to respond to it anymore. But <laughs> with all that being said, um, like I said, it's still a work in progress. I mean, um, I want to I wanna make this something that is something everybody can learn from, photographers, business owners, the web developers, they just know better. I, I hope they learn financially what they did wrong. <laughs> well, um, and it was also on uh, like actual um, – Trade, trade show materials yes. for them too. So I mean, you're talking when it turns to eyeballs, you're talking hundreds right. of thousands. Like this isn't anything trivial. Like this is front page website stuff and like actual printed goods. Yes, printed goods. Um, they had a large uh, kiosk that was set up for probably trade show use. Um, the image appears, you know, silk screened uh, or printed onto the canvas material for that. Um, and what's cool <laughs> is that. Um, on the Flickr page for the web developer, they actually say uh, all the different mediums that the images were used on. So it was used on a calendar. It was used on to direct mailing. Um, it was used for trade show, uh, trade show paperwork or whatever, press releases, things of that nature, the wow. website. So they basically completely shot themselves in the foot by being stupid enough to put it on Flickr for me to find and, and and it looks like they've like photoshopped a girl over all these images too, like some girl kind of like staring in the distance or right. And you know, and I look at those and have had a couple other people mention it too. I would 
completely not be surprised if every single one of those background images was stolen from somebody else on Flickr. And I, I really hope that once this all kind of hashes out that those other photographers find their work. And if they don't, maybe I'll help them find, you know, find their pictures on there. Cause it's, it's just sad, you know? Yeah. No, that's definitely legit. You know, I mean, I really don't know what else to say about it. I'm kind of livid and shocked and disgusted that people think that, you know, what I do is theirs to just take. I mean, you know, I explained in my email to them that, you know, I have to pay for my, you know, equipment at the time. You know, what I shot that with was all stuff that I worked hard to, to pay for, you know, and it's my art. It's my work. What's really mind-blowing to me is the fact that there are companies out there brazen enough to think that they can actually get away with this in this day and age of, of social media activism. Because, uh, I mean, how long after you posted your blog post or you know, a, a couple of tweets here and there, did it just take off? Immediately. I mean, it yeah. took like, you know, six hours to get it to where it, there were a steady flow on my uh, tweet deck screen, you know, going by of people retweeting and mentioning. And and I know that their Twitter stream was blowing up. They had no choice at that point other than to respond and respond fast. And, you know, I think they know that if they don't resolve this, properly in a way that's respectful to me that this won't end nicely it'll continue and i won't let it drop yeah so was the uh, plugin you were using photo usage by any chance yes thank you very much for okay. mentioning and well, i know it's uh the, as i mentioned our our facebook page for this is blowing up right now so we just had a, <laughs> yeah. uh alex just you know shot us another link of another with a, another large brand actually on Facebook uh, images and then I think it was um, there was another one that a guy Tammy. was contracted out yeah Tammy posted another... about the photo usage mm -hmm. I know a... I, will, I will say it right now that when this payout occurs which it's going to I'm not going to let it not occur the developer of that plugin is going to definitely get something nice in his PayPal account from me and even if I don't get a big payout or any payout, uh, I'm going to be sure to, to let him know via his PayPal account that I appreciate the work that he did. And I encourage anybody who's using it to at least drop him a buck or two. It's well worth it. Yeah, that's actually that's a brilliant move. I mean, why, why not, right? I mean, he was, he was part of the process. And... Yes. Sorry. Yeah. That's me. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. Zach, yeah, it, it, Zach can edit that out in post. You know, th this has me wondering. Photoshop. This has me wondering. Like, I've had so many images online since I started. You know, since I found Picasso back when I was starting up on MySpace on my old crappy computer back when I was a single Ooh. kid, just discovering the internet. You know, now like you know, it makes me wonder some of the images I put up. You know, years ago. Like, I'm you know I'm I'm old enough now I can go years ago on the internet like. Is somebody using it that I don't know yet? Like, you know, what what's getting used that I wasn't protecting back then, or at least not keeping track of then that might have gotten picked up and used now? It really it makes me wonder, and it makes me wonder for a lot of people actually. You know, yep. I run that plugin all the time. You know, just ego surfing, I guess, with it maybe. You know, and <laughs> if, if a blogger or if somebody on a forum is using it, you know, one of my images, you know, I don't care. But if you're a for-profit company and you have yeah. 
financially to pay something for an image or at least request one from me or request to license it through Getty or whatever, you know, then that's what you should be doing. It's just the right thing, you know. And I had reservations initially about how to handle this, and that's why I was doing my research tonight. You know, I told you guys privately, and I'll say it publicly, if it was a mom-and-pop operation and it was just one or two people running a small business and they were, you know, I wouldn't be as big of a jerk. I'm not even being a jerk about it, I guess. I wouldn't be as no. aggressive about it, you know. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be so adamant that that it's rectified immediately. But this is a company that they can afford this. They have advertising dollars, obviously. You know, I, I saw their kiosk with my photos on it, and their mailers, you know. They paid a designer. Right. You yeah. Know? They paid yeah. the wrong one, obviously, but. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, I, and spe- speaking of Getty, I don't think we had it on the list this week, but um, how. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, what's the what's the new don't, photo? Don't you even say Stocksy, <laughs> because oh, if you man. listened to our show when you're not on it, you would know ah. that we talked about that a lot last week. Thanks, Joe. Fantastic. Yeah, they did. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> yeah, take your oh, headband man. off. You don't deserve to wear that. Oh, <laughs> so mean, so mean. Yeah. I miss you know I miss one show and I've lost all my street cred already. Awesome. I'm just gonna put the uh, the sad uh, sad face on for a while. So I guess to wrap up the topic, though, currently though, um, I'll be continuing to blog about it. If anybody wants to follow it, it's on my website, jmcdonaldphoto.com. Um, and like I said, I want to make this an educational experience for everybody involved. Oh, out there. Yeah. Every single step I went through, what the outcomes were, um, you know, I, everybody should learn from this, not just me. I mean, we're still kind of in the, the pioneering, I guess, the pioneering part of all of this. Like, we're still figuring out how to do this. So you said you weren't sure how to go about it. But, I mean, you you and other people are starting to kind of figure out some kind of, you know, process and rules. I mean, there's probably no way to approach this, you know, the same way each time. But at least we're starting to see people like you document how they're getting through this and how they're protecting their art. And oh, I think absolutely. It's, I think well, it's Jamie, definitely it's very cool. Jamie, I know you um you were kind of bouncing back and forth with David Hobby, who runs Strobist, uh, about actually registering copyright for photos because oh, I yeah. kind of butted into that conversation because <laughs> one of the things that I was con- I've always been concerned about is whether or not you can bulk register photos yes. with the, the the copyright office. Yes, you can. So you can do it. Um, you can do it via like a contact sheet. It's something you're gonna have to build yourself. I don't think there's really an easy way to go about it. I've done it uh, through Photoshop. The images that you, you know, for each individual image that you're going to register, it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be huge. Recognizable is what you want. Um, so maybe like four or five hundred pixels on a side, roughly mm-hmm. something like that, you know. Um, and if you can, and this is so much work, it's stupid. There's got to be a better way to do it. Somebody developed a tool in, on Kickstarter, and you're going to make some money. <laughs> uh, basically, a sheet, like a contact sheet. Each one identifiable with like a number or description or something to that effect, and then you can send along with it like a text file that lists everything. You know, um, all individual file names or whatever. So I actually, um, I just for people that can't see our chat, um, I did actually just find a real nice um, tutorial on AperturePert.com on creating a contact sheet in Aperture. Um, apparently, nice. with the uh, with the um, online co- online copyright uh, 
submission website at copyright.gov. It's $35 for a single image or $35 for a collection of images. So obviously you want to, if you, if you are going to file them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, um, but uh, they do give you directions, and we'll include those in the show notes as well on, on if that's something that you want to do. Um, it generates a PDF, uh, and they sh- they walk you through how to make it smaller um, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll put that in the show notes and make sure because um, I mean it is really easy. I, I know just this past week um, there was an article that seemed to be making the rounds on just about every tech website and photography blog um, in existence. About uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Photo at My Door. Um, yeah. That was this. That's the new service that's coming out. That's going to allow um, oh. Facebook photos to be turned into products yeah. uh, without your friend's consent. Yes. So basically, you can just oh, troll boy. through their their Shit. photos on Facebook and turn it into a coffee mug. Now, you're obviously not going to probably mass produce them, um, but it is as as one f stopper uh, commenter writes, disheartening and disrespectful disrespectful of a photographer's copyright. I know I have a lot of photos of my friends um, that tend to lean towards a more professional nature that I would probably be a little upset if I found out somebody was mass producing coffee cups with their, their likeness on them. Um, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't tend to ever go along the, the route of getting so upset because of, of a financial loss because, you know, photography is my second job and, and it's not my main source of income, but I would be more so upset about a loss of credit. Um, just because, you know, most of my business in photography comes from word of mouth because I just don't have the time, money, or patience to really develop a, a big marketing plan. Yeah. Uh, so if, well, if nor my do photos, you really need to. Right. Um, I mean, right. No but if, if, like, if, I mean, if people we, are we giving, all have a full time job, so why would we need to have a huge marketing plan? Because we can't support the volume of business that's going to come in from it theoretically. Sure. sure. You know what I mean? Like. It's not like it's not like a dig at anybody. It's just that we don't need it. But I don't I, think I, that I would. I don't think that I would turn away. The, I, I'm not going to turn away the free advertising because somebody goes, "I really liked that photo that you've got hanging up on your wall. Who took it?" If somebody at, at work goes, "I really like that photo on your coffee mug. Who took it?" and they go, "I don't know. I got it from Facebook." Yeah. Yeah, or, or even even better, I got it from this Etsy account that somebody is just yeah. you know, making a hundred, and then I saw it on Pinterest, and that's where I clicked the link to their site that they pulled from Facebook that they have no clue where they pulled from Facebook because they're trolling the friends feed, and then you've got this giant string of you know, I bought this off of Twitter because the link was from Pinterest from the you know, it, there's just it we're so connected now that. If if we're not locking down this this whole you know where'd this picture come from, you know somebody's gonna unknowingly have your picture and not even try to do it, not even be trying to take your picture, but Josh they're gonna end up with a business model for this. That's sick. What's that? The Josh already built a business model for this. <laughs> I know how he's retiring now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just thinking worst case scenario here, you know. I'll edit that out so your your intellectual property is safe. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly why I, I I usually put almost all my pictures behind 500 pics just because it's right click protected. They've got Creative Commons. 
it's free. I can put 10, 10 images up a week for free, and then I can throw the link everywhere, but, you know, people aren't able to just right away, like, right-click and save the picture. Right. And then if they want to buy it, there's a pre-built-in store on the link if they really wanted it and uh, all that. So, I mean, that's honestly the only reason why I use 500 picks, but it's kind of like that free antivirus on your computer. At least something's there right now. Right. You know, okay. so I'm, I'm definitely looking at more ways to do it, but... Yeah, so I have a I have a question, and I don't know if anybody is going to be able to answer this necessarily. But I'm curious if Jamie's situation would be different if they cropped a watermark off the photo. Is it there? I didn't look. No, because if because from everything that I've heard on the internet, which obviously is true, um, never lies. Listening in, <laughs> that is lies. a sarcasm sarcastic joke. That's the, the um, talking. I, uh, Joe yeah, means I, every word of that. Oh, stop it. Um, from what I've heard, that if you actually have a watermark on your photo and somebody crops it off, that is actually malicious, and I don't know if it would necessarily stand up to the same legal test as a copyright. I'll say um, it is. But I think it's close, and that's something where um, I, I read that somewhere, and I was like, well, Zach actually has a point, and I'll admit defeat in my uh, complaint. Yeah, here I go. I'm done. Oh. It's been real. <laughs> <laughs> Adios, Zach. Um, yeah, so I, I think Zach actually has a point in terms of watermarking because I believe that that is like the, I would say, if, you know, no nothing watermarking registering with the copyright office. And I could be totally wrong. Yeah, you can't plead ignorance if you're removing a watermark. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it boils down to. Right. That's why I hide mine deep inside my image right near something where I know they're not going to crop. So much work. Uh, but yeah. I do. It's for art. That's so much work. <laughs> well, so it's always making air sheets to send to the freaking copyright <laughs> office. Say, say that again, Jamie. I said my uh, my watermark is the exif data from the raw file. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't get any more proof of ownership than that, right? Well, right, but can't you strip that though? There's, there's, yeah, there's ways to strip original. it. How do you strip it from the original? I have the original. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about yours. I'm talking about somebody else trying to take it. You know what I mean? Well, I think what I think it's what Jamie's saying is that it's a, it, he he can then turn right around and say, "Here's the original." Right. Here's yeah. the original. I was just say if you wanted to really change the EXIF data fast, you could do like Windows snipping tool, and then you've got like some you know bland JPEG. But the, yeah, then you're right. You can still it. pull yeah. that. You can still pull the EXIF data. You know, you've you've got that exact moment in time when you took it, and nobody can ever have real EXIF data that's any time before that or after that. And then right. you. So there, that's why just, I save my original images. I'll yeah. So there, there's just got to be an easier way to do it. That's that's all I'm going at. And I, I'm definitely curious if, you know, watermarking, it is a, from what I understand, a, you know. Slightly, you know, a little bit more protection. That's your homework of... then uh, for for next week's show. Um, we'll we'll bring that up and talk about it in a little bit more because I know we're we're kind of running short well, on time. Wait, hold on, I'm getting homework now. I missed we, one show and I get we homework. We are getting anybody going, that's going to be on the show on next week. For all our listeners, Joe is making watermarks for everybody who's listening. Everybody, <laughs> watermark. I, I want mine in Comic Sans. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so um, I'm making what... watermarks for everybody, huh? Really. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we'll kind of try to end on a little bit of a, uh, a lighter note and, and answer a couple questions that we had um, for yes. this, this show since the uh, – well, hopefully Jamie's story ends on a, a much lighter note. 
it's I'm sure. We're all rooting for you because this is. I think it's something that kind of affects everybody. Um, we had uh, we had a couple questions. Um, the first one was from Mark, and that kind of was already addressed. He was wondering uh, if Jamie would mind speaking a little bit more about his his copyright dealings. Um, and then we had two questions uh, from Emily. Uh, her first question is, uh, what everyone's favorite body and lens combination is to use and why? Oh, boy. And we, we're asking this with eight minutes left in the podcast? Yeah, real rapid fire. Oh, Jesus. You don't have to – don't answer the why. Just answer what it is. Jamie, you go first. 50D and 50 millimeter one four. Is this like what I own or what I wish I could own? Because that's a what, totally what, different – No, the question is what's your favorite body and lens combination to use? Yeah, and I've used ones that I don't own. That's then that's the, what you can say. Okay, so ones that I've used that I don't own? No, one, not ones. <laughs> Fine. All right, so what I own, it, uh, Canon Rebel, and I would say 17 to 55 millimeter 2.8 IS. Jamie? Uh, Olympus OMD and the new 17 millimeter f1.8. <laughs> nice. You're getting good images on that, by the way. Thank you. It's a fun lens. Zach, I gotta go with my 5D Mark II and the the 24 to 70. Uh, I only have a first generation, but um, the the L uh, f2.8. Is that with like yeah. the red line around the lens? Is that yeah, that's yeah. That's what that. That's all that L stands for. Mm-hmm. That it's line. the L is for line. Okay. No, it's for luxury. Line of red. <laughs> Lux. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and no. Then, the one that right. I played with this weekend was a 1DX with a 2470, the the second version of the lens, and oh my god, I didn't want to put that down. Did not want to put that down. It was. I, I really like how you answered the question. Your favorite one body and lens. Thanks, Joe. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I don't own it. I don't own I, it. I was gonna say the original 1D with the 8512. Oh my gosh, butter on bread, baby. That's like. <laughs> oh, anyway. You didn't want to say film, Joe? You didn't want to say a film camera? You gave me one lens one well. and one camera. <laughs> I mean, and all of a sudden now I'm talking about three? I mean, uh, what Emily's are the rules? Second, I don't even Emily's... know what the rules are. I leave for one week That's and so everything confused. changes. It's the headband. Uh, Emily's Not second headband. question. This isn't compressing the blow. Flo- um, ah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get, Joe. You've just been muted. <laughs> I don't know how. To, okay, is he unmuted? I don't know how to unmute him. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't actually know how to un. Oh no, I don't want to eject him. <laughs> just I, maybe if I if I click on him. <laughs> no, don't eject uh, me. There you go. You're good. Okay, so our Emily's second question was: Do you ever get nervous that your clients won't be happy with the moments that you capture? All the time, every yeah. time. I, I think it's the every same year. thing as a, a rocker jumping on stage. Like, you know, I remember reading a story about the, the Edge playing their giant live concert in in, um, in Ireland uh, with U2, and he said, you know, I was puking into a bucket for five minutes before I went on stage. I was that nervous, you know. I mean, while he comes out and you know, does a killer performance, and I, I think that's kind of, you know, from the pros to the to the people like us that are, you know, do it on the, the weekend warriors. But yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's everybody's at some point. I think everybody goes through that. Like, did I just actually get what I was looking for? Did I make the, Am I going to make them happy when I look back at this and I go and edit, you know, I, at least that's for me. And that's my experience with other people I know too, but 
I don't ever get nervous that they're not going to be happy with what I get. I'm always nervous I'm not going to get what I want to get, which is yeah, what I know is yeah. going to make them happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I, it's one of those things so where true. I know I'm never going to probably fully be satisfied with everything that I do. I haven't had a complaint yet, but um, for me, the biggest fear is that I'm going to miss something. They're never going to see it, you know, like shooting weddings. You know, I always see 50 things I think, damn, I missed that. But I've never had anybody say, oh, my God, you didn't get that shot. True. You know? So for me, it's more, you know, personally, I'm, I'm more worried that I'm not going to get something. They're not going to see it, but I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe it's not. Absolutely. No, absolutely that, makes sense. No, yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way because I, I think I know – Especially when you when you get into when you really start getting heavy into the social media uh, aspect of photography, you start seeing what's out there, mm. and you know that you've got the ability and the equipment to capture things that are of that caliber. Right. But and and to somebody that's never picked up a camera before, I mean, we've all seen the what is it? You are not a photographer dot com. <laughs> yeah, there are people yep. that pay for that. And think it's fantastic, and it's difficult for me as a, as a photographer to not judge when when people think that something bad looks good. What I conceive to be bad, uh, it's difficult me for me to not say something, uh, which uh, you know I find myself biting my tongue a lot because when I see when I see friends and and family get photo get photos from photographers that did a. a you know, a less than desirable job. It's difficult to say, yeah, ooh, ooh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Those no, are absolutely. Bad. Mm-hmm. I've definitely <laughs> seen some engagement shots come over my feed where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you paid money for this. Yeah. I can't. And that's but my I... biggest fear is that there's somebody out there saying the same thing about my stuff. Yeah. Ultimately, the client's going to be happy with what I give them because they hired me for a particular reason. Right. Right. So... But I think my and to I don't know maybe I'll try to get this in right before we end. Uh, not trying to get the last word. Sorry guys. Um, but uh, one thing that I've it really hits me hard and maybe it shouldn't is when I do good work and the client doesn't use it. Like I've definitely done headshots where I've given the files and I haven't seen them anywhere. Like I haven't seen them used in any of their corporate stuff. I haven't seen them used on any, like I haven't just, they're gone. Like they disappeared from view. And sometimes, you know, obviously if it's like for a wedding or a birthday party, like I get it, you know, you may print it out, put it in an album, that's it. But for stuff that's like a client corporate facing headshot, if you haven't used it, then what happened? Like you're obviously not happy regardless of what you're telling me. There's a reason why you haven't used them. Is it uh, not correct to do like uh, feedback forms and things like that with clients? I, I don't work in that environment, you know. I mean, the event shooting I've ever done is family portraiture and weddings, so nothing on a corporate level. But I mean, how can you find out? Are you sure that they're not satisfied with the work? I mean, maybe their uh, their advertising needs or whatever their their needs internally change and they just need to use it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's just. And it's just something where it it just bugs me. You know what I mean? Because it's something where I, I don't really want to badger the client about it. It's their photos. I provided the service. It's done. But at the same time, I'm always concerned about word of mouth and, you know, continued business with some of these clients, depending on who it is. Right. So it's, it's a very fine line. It's kind of where Facebook is a curse a little bit, too, because, like, you can actually go and almost, like, dare I use the word troll, 
you know, you can go and look and say, hey, look, they used my, like, I, I had somebody I, I took. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, and I took pictures awesome. of somebody awesome. a few years ago, and then, of course, they're, they decide to throw up an avatar of a picture I took that I used selective color in, and I'm headbanging on the desk going, <laughs> I know there were better pictures in there, and I know I should have done that, but, hey, if you like, they like the picture, and it's, it, it's frustrating because then, you know, it's like the one picture that you never want them to see again that you shouldn't have put in the folder or you don't think you should have, you know, there it is, but... Oh well, you know, at they least at it, least they, they enjoyed it. it and that that's the whole point. You know, in the end they like the picture and you did it and what what can you do, right? I mean Right. <laughs> there's not much you can do, you know. All right, so um I guess we'll go ahead and, and wrap up cuz I know Joe's got to got to get out of here cuz apparently it's 7 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> um so uh Marguerite like to thank every, thank everybody for listening and tuning in this week. Um thanks for the the great feedback that we had during the show and hopefully yes, thank that you, everybody. Uh, you'll provide to us afterwards. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to tell your friends, subscribe, give us some thumbs up on YouTube, uh, rate and review us on iTunes and make sure you subscribe there. Um, we didn't have any guests. It was good to have everybody here tonight. Uh, get, get the, the gang together for a good show. Uh, we'd like to wish Jamie good luck with, uh, yes. your, your stuff that you're going through. Um, so for, uh, myself, Jamie, Joe, and Josh, uh, thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed listening to the S stops here podcast.